This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's get it. All football. All the time. You're listening to the best football show. Hosted by Brian Baldinger. This is the best football show, Thursday edition. I'm Brian Baldy. Just call me Baldy. I'm right here in my film room where I'm at most days. And I just thought I would start this off. The Jets are on a bye week this week. They've won the last two games in a row. Uh, Zach Wilson has played very well the last three weeks. But defensively, you know, they just took the ball away four times from the Eagles and won a big game at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. And it was led by the defense. And as you look at the defense, you have to look at their two inside linebackers, C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams, because I think this is quickly becoming one of the best tandem of linebackers in the league. Like, there's Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. There's Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. Like, there's some really good tandems in this league right now. But Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley have started all six games together. They basically play every play. They, they, they almost never come off the field. Um, and they've been healthy. And Quincy Williams, he's the older brother of Quentin Williams. Um, his speed is amazing. Like he might be about, I mean, there's Roquan. There's some guys that are really fast in this league, Dre Greenwall. There's some really fast linebackers. But this Quincy Williams, his the way that he plays, like I don't know what he times at, but he is extremely fast and quick in the decisions. If you just watch the tandem, like last week they had a huge play. Uh, in the final two minutes of the first half, uh, the Eagles were up 14-6, uh, to six and they're driving, and they throw this little Texas route to DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. And C.J. was in in light of, uh, you know, the crucial catch month. He's got pink gloves on. You can't miss him out there. He, uh, he, he comes and drives on DeAndre Swift and just knocks the elbow right into the ball of Swift and knocks it loose. And here comes Quincy to clean it up, but it shut down any chance that the Eagles might get points at the end of the first half. Just a classic play between the two of them. But you just watch the way they play together. One guy will come and spill the play to the other play, take on the offensive guard, free up the, uh, the other linebacker. They're very interchangeable, although, it, you know, C.J. is the Mike and, and Quincy's the Will linebacker. But they're, they're pretty interchangeable. When it comes to coverage, they're both excellent um, you know, CJ picked off a Patrick Mahomes pass, um, you know, week four, which really helped, you know, keep the score down. The Chiefs scored one touchdown that game against the Jets defense. They've been extremely good. Uh, Quincy's got 60 tackles. CJ's got 59 tackles. Like, you know, they're just, it, it, 
I'm sure they're competitive with one another uh, about who has the most in the, you know, because they both have led the team in tackles on two different occasions. Um, but I'm sure they're competitive who has the most. But the way that they play together, it, it's really uh, – it, it's fun to watch. And any Jet fans will recognize just how good they have been this year. All right. Thursday night matchup tonight, later on tonight in New Orleans, the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Jacksonville's going for their fourth win in a row. It's interesting because two of their wins came in London. And, you know, it was impressive. They got bounce back games in London. They stayed over in London, came back last week, played right away. A lot of teams, they come back from London, they take a bye week to rest up and all that. Well, they didn't rest up. They took the Colts on at home and they shut down the Colts and they beat them up. They shut down the run game. Uh, they got after uh, Gardner Minshew. They beat him up pretty good. Uh, and now they turn around in a short week and they go to Jack. Uh, they go to New Orleans. So does all that travel catch up to the Jaguars, or do they keep it going? Because when you watch the Saints, they've got talent. They, you know, I mean, they've got talent. Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, Michael Thomas, Kamara. But in only one game this year, have they scored more than 20 points? And that was against the Patriots, and the Patriots were dreadful in that game. So they scored 34 in that game against a dreadful, you know, Patriot team. You just go, what's the issue? Why, why can't they score more points? Is it Derek Carr? Yeah, he got hurt in one game against Green Bay. He got banged up. And, okay, that was, but he's he's fine now. You watch their offensive line right now. I mean, they're, they've got real holes at left tackle. I mean, Maurice Hurst started for Trevor Penning last week at left tackle, the former number one draft pick out of Northern Iowa. You know, and Hurst got hurt early in that game, and Penning came in, and he was a mess. He had penalties. Um, you know, he gave up pressures. He gave up sacks last week to the Houston Texans. He was not good. And you can't hide your left tackle in this business. I mean, you can go over there and you can chip and you can, but like eventually you got to line up and you got to play and you got to, you, you know, you got, you got to let that guy hold up and he's not, and it's affecting their offense. And it's not just Trevor Penning or the left tackle. I mean, Cesar, Cesar Ruiz moves, missed a game because of a concussion. They had a backup there. Like they just haven't been good as a group. And so it's affected. Kamara's not having, like, yes, he got suspended for the first three games, but he hasn't been dynamic the last three games. He's not the Alvin Kamara we're used to seeing. Maybe it all shows up tonight against maybe a fatigued Jacksonville team. But if you look at Jacksonville, I mean, Josh Allen's having a great year. He's got seven sacks, two forced fumbles, showed up last week. Uh, you look at Foyer, Aluaquan, um, the guy's, you know, he's just a, a vacuum cleaner, cleaning up tackles. So I think, you know, the Saints could take a hold of first place, you know, in the NFC South with a win tonight. But if they lose, you know, who's going to take charge of the NFC South? It looks like it's up for grabs, especially with what Detroit did to Tampa in Tampa last week. And then Jacksonville, they could, you know, with the win, they get to five and two. They could really take a hold of the NFC, of the AFC South. Um, and so it really is a pivotal game for both teams because if Jacksonville wins, they get the fourth win in a row. They got a mini bye week of 10 days off before their next contest. And you go, Jacksonville looks like they've righted the ship after struggling for a couple of weeks and losses. And so that's kind of what's at stake here tonight. A lot's at stake. And then I get to, I'm watching Miami's offense last week against Carolina. Carolina's got a lot of good players, Brian Burns, Derek, 
you know, Derek Brown, um, you know, they've got Dante Jackson, they've got good players, but man, you watch Miami's offense. Now, when it's not a great team, they blow teams out defense and offensively, they looked unstoppable, but we know that, you know, Buffalo stopped them. We know that new England uh, neutralized them, but when I watched the offense and they're getting ready to go to play Philadelphia on Sunday night, I've never seen an offense like this with the amount of formations, the type of formations, the type of pre-snap motions and movement and shifts, the amount of play actions and type of play actions where two is turning around and who's got the It's a game of three-card money. Who has the ball? Does Mostert have the ball? Does Tua have the ball? Did he just hand the ball off to Jalen Waddle on a ghost motion? Like, it freezes you. It freezes you. I'm in the film room here on the third floor at NFL Films, and I'm frozen. And I'm looking at the effect that it has on the defense. Like, for example, last week, Tua gets the ball from Connor Williams, the center, and he goes in reverse motion, and he throws a, a pitch to Mostert. And all of Carolina runs with the motion and the pitch, and it's a fake pitch. And while that is all going on, here comes Jalen Waddle and and Tyreek across the formation, literally untouched, unseen. And when Tua comes out of the, the play-action fake, he could throw the ball to Tyreek for a touchdown. He could throw it to Waddle for a touchdown. He threw it to Waddle, I think, just so that everybody could watch Jalen Waddle do the Waddle and the new version of the Waddle. But so then you, you say, okay, they've got all this going on. Mike McDaniel – He's the boy genius. Like, he's got this – he's got everybody frozen. Except the way to neutralize that is just, just like smash you. Smash you right in the mouth up front. And that's exactly – especially if Jalen Carter plays for the Eagles and he's healthy from that ankle injury. If they're healthy up front with Fletcher, Jordan Davis, Carter, Hassan, you know, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, if they're healthy up front, that might neutralize all that stuff. The Eagles might just say, "The hell with do all that pre-snap motion, do all that play-action pass. We're just gonna, we're just gonna crush everything in front of us, and walk it right back into the lap of Tua. And we get Darius Slay back at the corner. That will help with Bradbury. Like they're beat up in the secondary. I don't know if Blankenship goes. They keep having injuries at slot corner. Like they're they're banged up, and they've given up a lot of touchdown passes. Although last week against the Jets, they only gave up the one touchdown to Brees Hall, and even that they just Gave up the touchdown. So that's the matchup. Because if Miami goes into Philly tonight and they put up a big number, or on Sunday night, I'm sorry, if they put up a big number and this just continues to proliferate with all this stuff that they're doing, like, I mean, honestly, it makes every other coach out there look like they don't, not that they don't know what they're doing, but they're stuck in the mud of past decades of NFL football. I feel like Mike McDaniel with what he's got is taking it to a different level. But like I said, can that all get neutralized by the Eagles front? Does Jalen Carter just throw people out of the way? And next thing you know, two is ready to throw and he's just getting smashed by Carter or Fletcher. Like that can neutralize all of it. So that's that. And then we get to a great game in Baltimore this weekend with, with the lions and the Ravens, both teams in first place in their division, looking to really, take a step up from everybody else in the division. And you go, okay, one of the offseason moves that the Ravens made was to go get Odell Beckham Jr. 
And there's a lot of people that question whether that was a good move or not a good move. They gave him a big check, somewhere around $15 million. I, you know, I don't know all that stuff. But they gave him a big check to go and help Lamar Jackson in the passing game. Well, he's got nine catches, no touchdowns. He's missed games. He's missed practices with injuries, which has been what Odell has been over the, since going to Cleveland. He's had a lot of injuries. Um, but even in New York, he had the injuries. So you go, what is Odell going to do? He doesn't have a touchdown catch. Zay Flowers caught his first touchdown pass last week. Like, is he really involved? Is he really a game changer? Because to this point, it looks like it's Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. But this week against Detroit, a really good defense that has made monster improvements. And I'll get to that in a second. But is Odell Beckham, is he going to make a difference in this offense? And it's worth asking, especially in big games. And this is a big game. It's for first place. You know, like they could really take control of the uh, AFC North here with a win. But I believe Odell's got to make a difference. And so far he hasn't. So I'm, I'm curious to keep an eye on that. And then the other game that pivots and is really pivotal in the AFC North is the Steelers, after bye week, go to Los Angeles. They play the Rams. And when you watch Matt Stafford right now, he threw his first touchdown pass to Cooper Cup. It was classic. Stafford to Cup, like circa 2021. I mean, he's going up, you know, uh, Cooper Cup is going up against the corner. The ball comes out of Stafford's hands, like early. Cup's not even out of the, the break yet. And he turns around, the ball's being thrown right. It's it's a spot throw. The ball's being thrown to the pylon. And Cup, he's got to do whatever he wants to do. But when he turns around, he's got to know the ball's in the air. It's coming to him. And it is. And it's impressive to watch. The trust and the timing that those two have. But he also has the same trust in timing with Puka Nakua because he did the same thing against, you know, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles the week before against James Bradbury for a touchdown. And now you go, now Stafford's got real timing, real timing and trust and faith in both Nakua and Cup. And don't, and don't sleep on this 2-2 Atwell because he guy's got tremendous speed. And now it looks like, They've got their three-receiver weapon thing going on. So the, the question is, how can the protection hold up for Stafford? Well, he's waiting for these routes, and a lot of these routes are deep routes to hold up. Does T.J. Watt, does Alex Highsmith, does Nick Herbig, does you know um, Keanu Benton, does Larry Ogunjobi, can they affect Stafford after a week off, a bye week, rested up, and knowing that – they're going up against a Ram offensive line that's young, but I like Steve Avila at left guard. Alaric Jackson looks pretty good. You know, um, they picked up a former Steeler offensive guard to go play right guard. Like all that stuff, can they hold up up front for three seconds? And that's the question, you know, because if Stafford is dealing with the dirty pocket, if he's getting chased, if he's getting pressure up the middle, like this all might fall apart for the Rams. And that's like that's the chess match. Can the Ram, can the Rams hold up long enough to get these beautiful passes down the field to a fleet of good young receivers that Stafford really trusts? And so that's the best football show Thursday edition. Getting ready for Thursday night football in the Crescent City tonight at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'm excited about it. You're excited about it. I want to thank Odyssey for putting this out out there and. Um, that's what you have to look forward to in week seven as it kicks off tonight. 
the best football show starring Paul.